Hey, hey, this is your girl Cynthia, but you can call me Gex, and you are listening to the new show right here on Active FM where Christ music is hot music. I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you from general news to the markets and everything in between. And for the past few weeks, we've been looking at the 10 worst countries to be a Christian in and we've passed the worst five and are going into the worst three starting this week. Uh, So we're looking at the extremely, extremely close countries. So we've looked at countries from number um, from number 10 all the way through to number 4 last week and those countries are closed and stuff, there are really hectic things happening but the top 3, if I can put top 3 or the worst 3 are extremely close countries and we're going to look at why that is what's the case, what's happening in those countries that they're extremely close so stay tuned for that and keep listening if you want to find out what's happening and I don't know about you but Everywhere that I look or everywhere that I read, I see Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that, crypto this and that. So I decided to do some research on what cryptocurrencies are and the effect that they have on our economy. So if you want to find out what effect have on our economy and what the future of cryptocurrency is, stay tuned for the discussion panel to find out what's happening. You are listening to Active FM and not only do we give hot music, but we also have some hot, hot shows. So you can catch us on our website www.activefm.co.za. But before we start, here's an amazing track. Hi, this is Marlon Van and you're listening to Active FM. I'm 
hear this. This is the new show on Active FM where Christ music is hot music. I'm your host Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gig, so let's get into the news. Cape Town train on fire again. So yet another train has been set on fire in Cape Town. It is believed the fire broke out around 7.40 p.m. Uh, two carriages were set alight at Cape Town train station on Tuesday evening, the 28th of May. Twelve carriages were affected, but luckily no one was injured in the incident. The damage to the trains was estimated at 33 million rand. More than 40 carriages have been burnt in arson attacks since 2017 and Mayor Dan Pluto pointed out in April before Kloseni's arrest that no one has been charged as being responsible for any of the more than 10 incidents over the past two years. Uh, more with news, Gordon reported against him politically motivated to attack the president's integrity. Advocate Busisiwe Nguebani found that Public Enterprise Minister Pravim Gordon violated the Constitution by approving South African Revenue Service Deputy Commissioner Ivan Pillay's early retirement. The serious allegations are contained in an affidavit Pravim Gordon filed with an application on Tuesday to have the report reviewed and set aside. He said Mugabani issued the report to enable a renewal of the ongoing political campaign against him by proponents of state capture and defenders of corruption. Going into world news, President Donald Trump presents a trophy to the sumo tournament winner. At the end of a sumo tournament, the USA president was given an opportunity to become the first American president to participate in such a ceremony. President Trump's four-day state visit to Japan is designed to demonstrate the strength of the U.S.-Japan alliance. Japan's Prime Minister warmly welcomed Trump to Mobara Country Club south of Tokyo for a round of golf, their first since Trump became president. Abe, Trump Prime Minister, is trying to grow the U.S.-Japan relationship, which comes with trade opportunities, securities from countries such as North Korea who continuously test their missiles to reach Japan. Trump awaited another honor when he was to become the first foreign leader to meet with Japan's new emperor, Naruhito, since he ascended to the throne on the 1st of May. Trump and Abe planned more formal talks and scheduled a joint news conference. Trump was also to be the guest of honor at a banquet hosted by the emperor at Japan's imperial palace. So this is actually good for the United States because they're literally at war with North Korea and China. And if they actually have a country like that on their side, then hey, the stakes look good for them. And more with world news, Russia launched a nuclear-powered icebreaker. Russia launched a nuclear-powered icebreaker on Saturday as part of an ambitious program to renew and expand its fleets of vessels in order to improve its ability to tap to the Arctic's commercial potential. The ship floated out from a dockyard in St. Petersburg is one of a trio that when completed will be the largest and most powerful icebreakers in the world. 
Russia is building new infrastructure and overhauling its ports as it readies for more traffic via what it calls the Northern Sea Route, which it foresees being navigable year-round. More with World News, Rahul Gandhi's offer to quit rejected by party officials. The head of India's main opposition Congress party, Rahul Gandhi, offered to quit after a crushing election defeat, but senior party officials rejected his offer and called instead for a major internal shakeup. Gandhi 48 and the Neuro Gandhi dynasty had been under inst intense pressure since results released on the 23rd of May showed Congress won only 52 seats of the 542 seats up for grabs in the country's general election. While that marked a marginal improvement on the parties showing in the 2014 general election, it did not stop Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Bharatiya Janata Party from winning a landslide mandate with 303 seats. A second successive drubbing from Modi prompted calls for Gandhi to quit. If you look at what's happening in the UK, May's resignation leaves a battle for a replacement. After less than three years in office, Theresa May has suffered a catastrophic loss of confidence in her leadership among MPs and cabinet ministers. She has finally faced up to the demands from within her party and announced her resignation. She said she was leaving with no ill will, only gratitude. Her announcement that she would step down on the 7th of June as party leader inaugurated a near instantaneous scrum to replace her. With a new prime minister likely to be picked sometime in July, though in reality it has been underway for some time. If you look at what's happening in Africa, Malawi's electoral board is also being blocked from releasing any results. The opposition Malawi Congress Party filed a complaint that there had been tampering with the votes. Ballots in 10 districts, including the commercial hub Blataya, will now be recounted. It says results will be released after thorough investigation has been done. Malawans voted for a president, parliament and ward councillors on the 21st of May. More with African news, UN Ebola chief to tackle security political issues in Congo. The United Nations named an emergency Ebola response coordinator on Thursday to help improve efforts to contain a 10-month epidemic in the Democratic Republic of Congo that has killed more than 1,200 people. David Gressley has been appointed to the new post, the United Nations and World Health Organization said in a statement. And yeah, so that's what's happening. Keep listening to the show so you know what's happening in the DRC. If you have more to comment about the Ebola crisis in the DRC, please let us know so we can share with the world. But that is it for the segment. We still have some hot topics coming up. But remember, you can catch us on our Instagram page at ActiveFM777. And you can catch me on my personal Instagram page at Cynthia underscore Geeks. You are listening to the new show on Active FM where Christ music is hot music.
Rapid Trade is passionate about mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business. From mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For, For a, a demo, demo call Rapid, Rapid Trade at 011-493-9755. Rapid, Rapid Trade, Trade ahead, ahead of the game. Christ music is definitely hot, hot music. So, like I said, we're looking at the 10 worst countries to be a Christian in and we've looked at countries from number 10 all the way to number 4 and this week we're going into the uh, three worst countries and because we're going to that I'm actually going to go into more detail as to what's happening in these countries and why these countries are actually so closed. So at number 3 we are looking at Somalia. The region of Somalia is in East and Southern Africa. The leader is President Mohamed Abudali Mohamed and the population is 11 million 392,000 and less than 1% of that population is Christian. The main religion is Islam. The government, uh, the type of government is a federal parliamentary republic and like I said, it ranks at number 3. The score out of 100 is 91. So we've been looking at countries that scored 50, that scored 80, that scored 70, but we've actually got to a country and it's rating at number three. So imagine countries number two and number one, what their score is. So the score is 91 out of 100 and it previously ranked again at number three. So nothing has changed and the previous score was still 91. Now, there is no safe place in Somalia for Christians to practice their faith. Almost all Christians come from a Muslim background. Community and family members uh, persecute anyone who leaves Islam and converts who are discovered are usually killed. Even suspected Christians are persecuted. So if they suspect, so let's say you, they, you, you are looking at a video with uh, a Christian symbol on it and they suspect that you're Christian, they actually will kill you. The government believes that there are no Somali Christians, but it's important for us as Christians to pray that God, God will continue to build his kingdom in this part of the world and that through his Holy Spirit, many Somalis will be drawn to him. So if you look at Somalia and its religious landscape, we see that the population of Somalia is overwhelmingly Muslim. According to the World Christian Database, statistics um, 99% are Sunni Muslims. The Christian community is small and under constant attack. Open Doors estimates the number of Christians in the country to be hundreds. Not thousands, not millions, but hundreds. However, in the past, the country was home to one of the biggest Catholic cathedrals in the region and the Christian community was much larger. The years of chaos followed the overthrow of President Siad Barre's military regime in 1991 has culminated in the rise of Shira courts and of radical Islam groups like Al-Shabaab. The activities of Al-Shabaab, a group like Al-Qaeda, are regularly mentioned in the media and can distort the understanding of the persecution of Christians. It is important to realize that Al-Shabaab, although drawing fighters from outside, is in its core a clan-based Islamic militant group. Equally important to recognize is that Somalia is a patchwork of competing clans containing clan-based militias and religious groups. 
They all pursue a strong Islam identity against a background of strong tribal identity. Uh, changing religion like Christianity does not only mean a betrayal of Islam and the Muslim community, but also a break with the norms and values of the clan as well. In tribal societies, this is a very serious offense. According to some Somalis, a Somali is born Muslim and dies Muslim. That is the case for them. Therefore, even if Al-Shabaab is currently in decline, it does not mean that the threat to Christianity uh, diminishes. An example is Som Somaliland, which declared independence in 1991, still unrecognized though. It would seem to be a region free of Islamic militant activity, but Christians are just as much persecuted there because the root of the root cause of persecution goes back to the religion and culture as well. And if we look at the political landscape, the provisional constitution of the Federal Republic of Somalia was adopted on the first of August two thousand and twelve and affirms the absolute predominance of a strict interpretation of Shira. According to Article 2 of the Constitution, Islam is the religion of the state. No religion other than Islam can be propagated in the country and no law which is not compliant with the general principles and objectives of Shira can be enacted. Furthermore, the Constitution at categorically declares that Shira law is supreme. Considering the provision of the transitional charter, the constitution took a step back from securing freedom of religion by prohibiting apostasy. Therefore, it can be expected that a better functioning federal government will not lead to ascension of the persecution of Christians. What this is basically saying is that in the law itself, it is illegal to be Christian. They've literally put, in a lot of the countries that we looked at, it's it's not really in the law, but the, the government doesn't want Christians and stuff like that. But in the law in, in, in Somalia, it's actually wrong to be a Christian. You do not have freedom of religion. The political situation in the country has created a hostile environment for Christians, especially those coming from a Muslim background. As a result, the Persecution of Christians in Somalia nearly always means a very high level of violence. And you can't really go to the government for help. You can't go to the police for help because your family is persecuting you and now you have to go to the, the, the police, for instance, but they will end up throwing you in jail as well. So because of that, a lot of uh, Christians actually flee Somalia. Uh, you don't really find a lot of missionary groups going to Somalia and stuff like that because it's actually very close and it's hard to preach the gospel in a country where it's by law that you'll be punished if you change your religion because you are not you are not following the Shira law and stuff. So that's what's happening in Somalia. Uh, we're going to be looking at the next the last two worst countries next week and the week after that so keep listening to the show so you can find out what's happening and like i said we are going to the discussion panel now and we are looking at cryptocurrency so what is cryptocurrency cryptocurrency is a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of units of currency and verify the transfer of funds operating independently of a central bank so cryptocurrency is basically 
digital money yeah in 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 the most simplest term is cryptocurrency is digital money now regulators around the world are trying to figure out what bitcoin is but the european central bank is considering another problem how the prime cryptocurrency affects monetary policy and the economy in general so because even though people are trying to find out what bitcoin what bitcoin is what bitcoin can actually do for us and stuff like that a lot of people especially economists and stuff are trying to figure out how that affects our monetary policy because we use rand dollars and all these things we use notes and coins and but how does this actually affect the policy that we have with our money and how it affects the economy in general will it change the markets and stuff but we see that since the blockchain is designed to transform the existing financial system and exclude intermediaries this is going to affect the economy. While the cryptocurrency market is relatively small compared to the stock market and runs at $240 billion, the capitalization of the latter was more than $65 trillion in 2018. However, slowly but surely, financial giants like JP Morgan show how blockchain can be used effectively in the banking system. Anyway, it seems unclear what Bitcoin really is, money or commodities. What coin holders should be considered to be investors or asset holders. And what kind of relationship do cryptocurrency and crypto exchange users have? Bitcoin is the new money. Although according to the initial idea of the Bitcoin creator, Satoshi Nakamoto, BTC is a Bitcoin, basically, is a digital cash. It became clear that no one evaluates goods and services in crypto coins. Fiat money remains the measure of product value. They measure the value of Bitcoin. In its May report, the ECB published a number of properties of cryptocurrencies because of which they cannot perform the functions of fiat money. One of the main reasons it is complete decentralization, which in other words means the absence of central body that regulates and protects the value of coins. Separately, the regulator noted volatility. According to analysts of European Central Bank, sharp jumps in the price of cryptocurrencies prevent their use as a means of payment and for the accumulation of value. Also, due to the volatility, cryptocurrencies cannot be used as a settlement unit between countries. However, it is known that Bitcoin is often used for cross-border payments between counterparties from different countries. For example, in international trade or for compensation of remote employees. According to the company Bitwage, which deals with cryptocurrency salary projects, more than $300 billion went through them in 2019 only. And 2019 is not over. We're on the fifth month going to the sixth month and already 300 billion dollars worth of bitcoins have been going through this company at the same time remote employees of facebook google orga uber airbnb and other large international companies receive salaries in crypto this practice takes place thanks to the high speed and low cost of such transfers 
Doctor of Economic Science Georgie Sigwa believes that in order for Bitcoin to be used as a currency of international trade between countries, it is necessary that the IMF add it to the SDR, the special drawing rights, along with the dollar and the yen. However, the organization still does not see any need in this move. If tomorrow world governments say that oil and gas can only be bought for Bitcoin, then it will almost be like a dollar, the economist said. How Bitcoin affects the economy. So now, how, so we've gone through Bitcoin and what it is and what's happening with it, but how does it affect the economy? That's the question. As a result, the ECB came to the conclusion that at the moment, cryptocurrencies do not partially affect the monetary policy or other factors in the real economy. However, this may change if cryptocurrency replaces money or deposits. It should be true when talking about stable coins. They, however, still require further observation. Meanwhile, the regulators stress that cryptocurrency has not yet received mass acceptance and only few businesses are ready to accept them for payment. So even though the, the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is actually major out there, not a lot of companies use it. It's, a lot of companies use it, but not a lot of companies that it changes the market so it's not really affecting us that bad in fact even despite its uh, volatility for example microsoft accepts bitcoins as a payment for xbox content as well as in its windows store According to the head of U.S. Global Investors, Frank Holmes, cryptocurrencies are already becoming an alternative asset class and can become new gold. He is confident that despite the crypto winter, the industry is actively developing the number of Bitcoin users and the number of Bitcoin users is only growing. At the same time, according to Holmes, gold will continue to remain one of the most reliable options for investment. And people need to understand that it is for this reason that central banks keep their savings in gold. Indeed, if paper money is devalued, gold reserves will continue to be in value. But for now, the likelihood that central banks will transfer their money to bitcoins tends to zero. Indeed, apart from high investment risks and the threat of the destruction of the central bank's monopoly and printing money, cryptocurrencies do not represent anything for them. So cryptocurrency and the central bank and the way they print money, there's nothing that it's not on the same boat. Meanwhile, the head of the Galaxy Digital Investment Bank, Mike Novogratz, predicts Bitcoin new capitalization records. He is confident that within 20 years, the coin will overtake gold, the capitalization of which is about $7 trillion. At the same time, according to analysts at Binance Research, investing in Bitcoin is more profitable than in oil and gold. Since the beginning of the year, the price of Bitcoin has grown by more than 50%, while oil by 33%, technology stocks by 18%, and gold within the last five months sank by 1%.
So in general, the cryptocurrency market is actively growing. There are new companies and new infrastructure projects. And the fact that the, the ECB is trying to assess the impact of Bitcoin and other digital currencies on the development of the economy is a positive signal. This once again proves that cryptocurrency is a multifaceted concept and the relationships arising from their use can be interpreted differently. And no regulator has yet come to a common opinion on this issue. Bitcoin claims that it is the first decentralized peer-to-peer -peer payment network that is powered by its users with no central authority or middleman. The lack of central authority is the primary reason governments are afraid of cryptocurrency. To understand this fear, it is important to know a little more about governments and conventional currencies. So, yes, we know that the, the Bitcoin is growing and like they said, eventually in 20 years time, they see that the cryptocurrency will overtake or be of more value than gold and stuff like that. And because of that, we find that the government is actually afraid of cryptocurrency because with cryptocurrency, there's a lot of hackers out there. There's uh, a lot of things that can happen in the black market that the government will not be able to track and all these things. So in what do we trust? Now, if you look at the term fiat, fiat is a term used to describe the conventional currencies that are issued by government. So that is the the dollar note that you have or the rand note that you have when you go to the bank. All of those notes basically have um, specific serial numbers that the government issues out. Now, fiat currencies have value because governments say that they do. The only reason that a 10 rand note in South Africa is worth 10 rand is because the government says that we do. Uh, if I take you back a little in, in history, what used to happen, especially here in South Africa, is that so a person would have gold that weighed, let's say, a kg of gold or something, whatever, however much amount of gold that they had, and they would go to the Reserve Bank. And what the Reserve Bank would do then is that they would give them a note saying that this note is worth this amount of gold. And the person would use that note to basically buy whatever they need to buy or trade whatever they needed to trade. Now, if you fast forward in time because of technology and all those things, the notes that we have are still the same thing. It's a note from the government that says that, hey, this is what this is worth. So 10 rand today can be worth 10 rand and then later in life, 10 rand is nothing. If you look, that's what happened with, in Zimbabwe with the, with the Zimbabwean dollar and all those things. They have one million dollar Zimbabwean dollar notes. And for us, if we had to think of having a one million rand note, we would think that we're millionaires, but for them, it's like, it's nothing. So fiat currencies only have value because the government say that they do. To an increasing number of people, that promise means nothing. Like I said, one day it could, it could be worth thousands, the next day it could be worth nothing. After all, fiat currencies are not backed by tangible assets. You can't return the currency to the government in exchange for a bar of gold or silver, a can of beans, a packet of cigarettes or any other items that might be of value uh, to you. 
Our fiat currencies are backed by the full faith and credit of the government that issued them and nothing more. So if you want gold, silver, beans or whatever, you need to exchange your fiat currency with a person or entity that possesses the item that you want. Now, why control matters with the government with all of this? Government controls the fiat currencies and we all know that. They use central banks to issue or destroy money out of thin air. Using what is known as a monetary policy to exert economic influence. They also dictate sorry, they also di dictate how fi fiat currencies can be transferred, enabling them to track currency movement dictate who profits from that movement, collect taxes on it, and trace criminal activities. All of this control is lost when non-government bodies create their own currencies, such as the cryptocurrency that we have. Control over currency has many downstream impacts, perhaps most notably a nation's fiscal policy, business environments, and efforts to control crime. Like I said earlier, you'll actually find that the government now can't track what's happening in the black market because, hey, we've got cryptocurrency and we don't need a middleman with this whole thing. While each of these topics is broad and deep enough to fill volumes, a brief of overview is enough to provide insight in the general concept. Now, fiscal policy. While the potential for crime captures the public's attention, the role currency plays in a nation's monetary policy has the potential to have a far greater impact. Now, since governments intentionally increase or restrict the amount of money circulating in an economy in an effort to stimulate investment spending, generate jobs or avoid out-of-control inflation and recession, control over currency is an enormous concern. It is also an extraordinarily complex topic. So what happens is, I don't know if you've seen, so if I have to go to the store and buy something, let's say for 10 Rand, and I buy that, and someone else now comes uh, with a, a 100 Rand and buy something at the same store, they give that person that 10 Rand that I had, and that 10 Rand goes to somewhere else, and eventually it gets back to the reserve bank as we know it, or a central bank, and what they do is that they actually destroy the money. That's why you won't really find coins or you won't really find notes that were made in 19 wherever because they constantly are destroying the money. If it gets too old, when it gets back to the bank, they'll destroy it. In that way, they can basically keep control of how the, the, the economy, they can keep control of all of that. But now with Bitcoin, that is that becomes out of control because the government itself doesn't know what's happening. The government is kept out of it and stuff. So what's the business of the Bitcoin? Bitcoin users don't need the existing bank system, like I said. The currency is created in cyberspace when so-called miners, in inverted commas, use the power of their computers to solve complex algorithms that serve as verification for Bitcoin transactions. Their reward is payment with cyber currency, which is stored digitally and passed between buyers and sellers without the need for an intermediary. On a smaller scale, airlines reward miles function in a similar way, enabling travelers to purchase plane tickets, hotel rooms and other items using airline miles as virtual currency.
If Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency become wildly adopted, the entire banking system would become irrelevant. While this may sound like a wonderful concept in the light of the recent behavior of the banking industry, there are two sides to every story. Without banks, who will you call when your mortgage payment gets hacked? Or how will you earn interest on your savings? Or who will provide assistance when a transfer of assets fails or a technical glitch occurs? So it, it's all good and well that we have currency going through the World Wide Web. I think that's right. It's all good and well that we have digital currency and all of that. But, you know, when you have the physical bank, you can you have a problem. Your card has been blocked or whatever. You can't get your cash or anything. You can actually go to the bank and there'll be someone to assist you and stuff. While the financial crisis gave bankers an even worse reputation than they already had, this is something to be said for institution that oversee timely, effectively and trustworthy asset transfers and their associated record keeping. There's also an issue of the fees banks earn for the services they provide. Those fees generate a lot of revenues and a lot of jobs across the global banking industry. Without banks, these jobs disappear and does the tax revenue those banks and their employees paychecks uh, generate. Money transfer business would also disappear in the virtual world. Nobody needs a Western Union or its competitors if everybody is using Bitcoin. So even though we've gone into a very digital time where you can do online shopping and all of that, you still need the physical, the, all these physical things. For instance, I know if my father wants to send me cash from wherever he is, or if my mom wants to send, send me cash from where she is, I, she can send it through Western Union and I can actually get that. But now, if we, if we have Bitcoin, I don't need Western Union. And now the people that work for Western Union, because now Western Union is closed, do not have jobs. And people that work for banks because banks are closed because we're using cryptocurrency and all that stuff those things are closed and Hey now the unemployment rate increases So all of this we need to take into consideration when we're thinking of actually starting to use Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies as a primary or default uh, source of currency now what are the crime concerns with cryptocurrency so much has been written about virtual currency and crime that it is enough to recap the issue by stating that untraceable financial transactions uh, facilitate crime. Drug trafficking, prostitution, terrorism, money laundering, tax evasion and other illegal and subversive activity all benefit from the ability to move money in untraceable ways. The now defunct Silk Road online drug market is a case in point. Its founder credits Bitcoin for its success. So like I also said earlier, if we start using cryptocurrency as our main source of currency, it will be harder to track people in the black market. It's already hard now to find people in the black market to track all these drug lords and mafia and all these things and all these illegal activities and human trafficking. Now with Bitcoin, it will be near to impossible. Um, obviously, eventually we get to a point where Bitcoin becomes the source, the, the main or the primary source of finance and stuff. Uh, the FBI and, and all these organizations will have to learn how to, to counter that and how to, to find a loophole and things like that. But crime in itself will actually increase, especially in the black market. But now what's the other side of the Bitcoin? 
Aside from the headline-grabbing facts that virtual currencies can and are used to engage in a wide range of illicit activity, there's a legitimate theoretical argument in favor of their use. It is based on the reality that central bank tinkering with the money supply has induced recessions. Um, it's also induced unemployment and given rise to a global banking system based on profiteering and corruption. We need to look as far as the mortgage market shenanigans, underpinnings, uh, the financial crisis of 2009 for insight into why disaffected consumers everywhere would support the efforts of anonymous programmers in subverting a system that has done them no favors. These ideas are not new. The Austrian school, a school of economic thought founded in 1871, holds amongst its core tenets the idea that economic manipulation by central banks is not beneficial. So before you buy into the Bitcoin and before you convert your national currency to Bitcoin, you want to consider a few additional facts. So you don't just... If you're looking into investing into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, don't just look what the headlines say, but actually go deep into it. Bitcoin was created by an anonymous computer programmer or programmers. There's no consensus on this and identities are still unconfirmed. So for me, if I don't know who has created this and it's a programmer now, I, my brother is a programmer. I have two brothers who are programmers and stuff. And I have an uncle who's a programmer. And these people can hack into anything. Now, for me to invest into someone that I do not know, and my question is, why do they remain unidentified? I mean, if Bitcoin is growing and cryptocurrency is growing in the scale that it's growing, I would personally, if I had invented it or created it, would want to show the world my face and stuff. But that's a topic for another day. Now, the largest exchange service converting dollars to bitcoins failed in spectacular fashion when hackers allegedly stole bitcoins valued at hundreds of millions of dollars. An earlier alleged hacking netted $8.6 million. Other bitcoin exchanges have also blamed hackers for loss. The currency is digital, so there's nothing you can touch or hold. Its value fluctuates in a highly volatile manner. It is created by anonymous programmers through a methodology that is too complex for most people to understand, much less participate in. Since bitcoins are stored on users' computers, users face the risk of losing their money if they don't implement adequate antivirus and backup measures. According to Virtual Currency Schemes, a research paper released by the European Central Bank, hardware failure aside, tossing an old computer in the trash without first removing your bitcoins is also an easy way to lose your digital fortune. Just in conclusion, if you use Bitcoin, you are trusting your money to a complex system you don't understand. People you know nothing about and an environment where you have no legal recourse. In the traditional world of investing, this would raise enough red flags to make it a bad idea. Even though Bitcoin is awesome, it's made it to the stock market, cryptocurrency, there's news about cryptocurrency everywhere. But because... The first red flag, the first thing is you don't know who created the system and it's possibly the same hackers that are stealing from all these people. 
That's the first. Why invest in such a thing? On the other hand, the European Central Bank reports that Bitcoin is just one of over 500 digital currencies now in circulation all over the world. Even if Bitcoin ultimately fails or is regulated a minor role on the world stage, one of its successes could radically alter the way the world thinks of currency. So a Bitcoin thought for you. What does it hold for the future and other virtual currencies? Is it, it is safe to say that they are here to stay. You can use virtual currencies to make purchases in the world in a wide variety of video games and store retailers. So if you are a person who loves video games and, and stuff, hey, use Bitcoin because it's flourishing. However, the Bitcoin website notes that Bitcoin is not a fiat currency with legal tender status in any jurisdiction. And based on the regulatory and enforcement actions of major governments, including the United States and Russia, that status is unlikely to change any time soon. So that's it about the cryptocurrency and how it affects our economy and how it affects us as a person, as people. Uh, but yeah, like I said, you're listening to Active FM where Christ music is hot music. This is the new show and I'm your girl Cynthia. But you know, you can call me Geeks. You can catch us on Twitter at Active FM 777. You can also catch me on my personal page at Cynthia underscore gigs comment on the show comment on the post if you have more to say about cryptocurrencies if you had more to say about Somalia or any news that I've basically given you today please do comment and share the show like I said you can catch us on Twitter at activefm triple seven so start commenting start downloading start sharing tell the person you just walked past right now about this awesome show and about active affair but we have come to the end of the show and i have to say my goodbyes so this is cynthia but you know you can call me gigs signing out jesus, jesus. the exceptional new active worship album as above so below is out Get your very own copy on iTunes. The resurrection is what we live for. Restoring people back to miracles unfolding. Magnificent. Also available on Spotify, Deezer. Apple Music, and so much more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fun. Think you trying to see me on the ones no more. Come on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been distant, I've been chasing Something different that I'm facing They neglected, they just hate it Took my heart and they misplaced it For that pure life, I go crazy Wouldn't leave, need you faith Need you now, come and fade If I fall, would you fall with me? Cause I've been rolling in the city where you can't trust no more Know he with me right now, but it's still with me. You, 
Now we all know what comes with that Now we all know I put my trust in God cause he ride for me Ride for me You ain't tryna ride for me Had a lot of pain, try to hide it like a side chick They gon' self change, but I've grown, you should try Just another day, every day, another fight Time to pay the way, we just really on a wave now Trust me, this ain't really nothing new Yeah They still gon' call me up when they need something I don't rate that Tired of lies, just ride with me for real Or stay back Wanna see me fall, but like the fan I dodge that They can watch me go Trust me, they can watch me go Trust me, they can watch me Wait, who am I? Yeah, we gon' be alright, I'm talking you and I Yeah, quit the politics and this ain't Channel 5 Hey, man, had a spit on them, now they looking like the drone sign. Hey, dead, dead. And you ain't really with me, had a fake that. Claiming you a one, but you ain't hit back. But I'd rather get a check than get a text. If I fall, would you fall with me? Cause I've been rolling in the city where you can't trust no more. Know yeah. you with me right now, but is it still with me? It's you. Yeah, you. And we all know what comes with that. And we all know I put my trust in God cause he rides for me yeah. Ride for me, he ain't tryna ride for me Had a lot of pain, try to hide it like a side chick They gon' self change, but I've grown, you should try Just another day, every day, another fight Tryna pay the way, we just really on the wave now Trust me, this ain't really nothing new